Hey, what's going on? This is the Educated Guest Podcast. I'm Justin, your host. Today we're talking to Andrew Lukey. He's a writer, former style editor at Esquire magazine, also a trend forecaster for brands like Nike, brands like Prada. You need to hear from this guy. He's amazing. And especially his most recent work, book entitled Cool Style, Sound, and Subversion. Today we're talking about subculture. We're talking about grit. He has some wise words for all of you out there, including myself. I enjoyed the conversation. Tune in. This is Andrew Luke. how you study so that's the first sure. question. what do you uh, read right now yeah i'm actually reading a, a book called the circle by dave eggers came out i think 2013 maybe 2014 uh, i'm not sure if you're familiar with it but um it's sort of a satirical critique of like uh it's a novel you know it's a fictionalization sort of a satirical critique of um big tech companies uh like google uh, you know, Facebook specifically, um, in the book, the, um, company is the circle and it sort of starts out seeming, um, benign. Um, and then as the book goes on, um, you sort of see how nefarious it is and how it's sort of taking over people's lives and almost requiring, uh, participation in the circle for people to be taken seriously. And then it even gets involved in politics and voting and democracy and, uh, yeah, it came out a couple of years ago, but um, I think it was pretty prescient um, about, you know, the direction things are going with social media. And then, of course, also, um, you know, with the way that uh, Facebook and, and Twitter were sort of manipulated um, during uh, the the past presidential election with Trump and, yeah. and, and things like that. So um, it's a pretty interesting book. Um, I think I sort of agree with its overall message that at least we should be wary um, of social media and of it encroaching into every aspect of our lives. And, that, you know, some sort of certainly tech things um, that seem benign or even positive, you know, maybe have unintended consequences. So that's what I've been reading lately. Um, watching wise, I've actually been watching um Agretsuko, which is like a Sanrio cartoon on Netflix. Okay. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with the Sanrio characters, but uh, Hello Kitty is the most famous one. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, and then there's like a whole uh, range of them. Um, so you're and, into anime? I, you know, I'm not super into anime. I'm not against it, but I'm not a huge anime fan. Yeah. Um, you know, I watch it here and there and, and like some of it. But um, yeah, Agretsuko is a... Um, she is a red panda uh, who works in an office <laughs> and it's sort of just like about her everyday life and like frustrations, you know, normal like life stuff. But mm -hmm. then um, she gets her frustrations out and expresses herself like uh, at singing death metal at karaoke. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there's like these sort of like mundane office scenes and like stuff like that. And then, 
she breaks into like death metal screaming and karaoke. I don't know. I really like it. It's um, I mean, it's definitely cutesy, um, but it's got the elements of like, you know, it's got that juxtaposition between the cutesiness and sort of the mundane office humor. And then like the death metal and screaming. I don't know. I think it's really funny and cool. Um, like all of her coworkers are other animals. So like her boss is literally a pig. Um, and then there's these like other, women that she looks up to in the company um I, and I, I don't know i really like it um i mean i think it's funny i think it's cute um Dude, there's, i like there's like two things ahead. i'm hearing and i hate to interrupt but i'm i'm please no go ahead that's, that's i'm ex- <laughs> i'm excited because i've been struggling with trying to find something like some form of entertainment just for the hell of it and it sounds like yeah exactly this is something that's uh you know obviously in stark contrast to the first thing you said <laughs> where it's like a very Right, uh, right. Socioeconomic and geopolitical mm-hmm. opinionated book, mm-hmm. um, which I want to talk about in a second. But sure, you know how important do you find it to do stuff just for the hell of it? Oh, I think it's super important. And yeah, this show is like a great example of it. You just sort of you know put it on and like you know sort of pay attention, sort of tune out, laugh here and there. And yeah, I think it's really really important. Um, I mean, specifically for me, but I mean, I think in general for creative people um you know you got to get away from your work uh to some extent if you if you work too much you know it's scientifically proven to actually be bad for your overall um creative output and your creative energy um you can really overwork yourself and i mean i think in music production i'm not super familiar with it but it seems like you can just really work nonstop there but of course same with writing fashion writing and all of that so i mean i think it's crucial to have um i mean if you if you can find it time every day to just you know kind of do nothing and that's when your mind um sort of is able to recharge and process and you know i mean when you're doing that um subconsciously or in the back of your mind or even sometimes consciously in and out you know you you're 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 processing those creative things you're working on and, Mm -hmm. and allowing yourself that space and that time to sort of just do nothing or sort of just do something for entertainment's sake or, you know, sort of silly entertainment. Um, I mean, I find that it really, really helps. And, um, you know, it refreshes. It, it makes your ideas all the more better, gives you more energy. So I think that's really, really important. And, um, I mean, it's interesting that you sort of picked up on that contrast there between the book <laughs> and the show. And, yeah, the show is like, it's like lightweight, but, you know, touches on some sort of everyday stuff. The office stuff is funny. I like seeing the differences between like Japanese office culture because it is a show that was made in Japan for a Japanese audience originally and like American office stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that's crucial. And I mean, I try to do it as as much as, as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, I'm always hustling, um, working. I have a full-time job right now working for a clothing company where I do copywriting and a little styling which is really good but then of course i'm always either trying to hustle up freelance writing gigs on the side or do some trend forecasting on the side so you know yeah getting that time away to just chill just relax just do you know do your own thing or do nothing i think is 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 super important and um i really privilege it actually in my own life like make sure to go you know skateboarding as much as possible yeah exercise you know exercise i mean skateboarding is great if you're into that like such a good combination of both creativity and you know physical exercise not that other things aren't i mean you know anybody who's a fan of basketball or world cup or 
you know, soccer, anything like that, you know, you definitely see the creativity there too. It's one of the things that's most exciting, but for me, I love skateboarding. So yeah, I mean, that's crucial. And I think that's a crucial tip, even for someone, you know, you said this show was sort of for younger creatives, um, coming up. And I know, you know, in this day and age, even the high school age, um, you know, ambitious students, ambitious young people, it's easy to burn yourself out. There's so much pressure. Right. Um, so definitely take your time to chill, take your time to exercise if you're into that or, you know, dance or meditate or whatever, or all of that. Uh, but I want yeah, to talk super about important, that. Super important. I love that dude. And I want to talk about that word you use hustle. Cause I want to get your perspective on if you had to compare two days that you go mm-hmm. through, you know, a normal day where you lay your head on the pillow at night and you're like, all right, this is a cool day. I didn't really give it up my all, but I got something done. And then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what did you do in the day where you lay your head down and you're like, all right, I was hustling the day. I was getting after it. This was a good ass day and I'm proud of myself. Hmm. What are those, well, what are those differences? It's an interesting question. I mean, um, yeah, hmm, that's an interesting, that's an interesting way to phrase it. I, I, you know, I don't know, like, I, I, I feel like, uh, working in fashion and, and working in, in New York city, not to sort of like, I mean, sometimes people in New York city are too into being in New York city, but it really is so busy here. It's, I mean, I love it here. Don't get me wrong. I've been yeah. here for almost 16 years, but it's so busy. It's such a grind, you know, from the second you leave your apartment in the morning, um, there are people right in your face, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and, 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 you know, even though most people are polite and cool, it's just like that energy of that is, is, is a grind almost from the second you get out, then you're on the train and this and that. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, you said like, what's it like on a normal day for me? Like, I don't, I mean, unless I really <laughs> do nothing, which is pretty unusual for me. Um, I'm pretty proud of myself not proud of myself, but I feel good. Um, just making it through the day, (laughs) you know, getting, getting the work done I need to get done and and stuff like that. Um, so I, I feel like that's an accomplishment. I actually feel like that that's important, you know, for a young person coming up to know too, that you don't always have to do the most every single day, you know, that just, um, consistently showing up, consistently meeting your deadlines consistently you know that consistency is just important as some sort of explosive superstar day in many ways um but you know on the other hand uh you know i definitely know what you're talking about some sort of like whoops there goes my headphone um you know really really successful uh day so i mean i think that a day like that for me um would be a day where I'm able to, you know, go into my job, um, get a little writing done Mm -hmm. for the company. Um, and then, as I said, one of the nice things I'm lucky enough to do at my job is also step outside of my desk. I get to do some styling, um, which is a really, really great contrast. I had a little background in that before I took this position a couple months ago, but they've had me do, uh, a bunch more. Uh, it's been really, really cool. I've already got to, um, style some of my heroes <laughs> from growing up sort yeah. of older artists like um who are some of those people well prince paul who produced all the de la soul records and like did grave diggers with rizza back in the 90s i mean some of them are mostly sort of like older artists yeah my younger nah, friends don't I necessarily know who all they are but i dig them if, if they're producers yeah. i mean Riz, the rizza is like 
You know, if, <laughs> if they're in music and they have any touch on production, like I'm nine times out of ten, I've studied them or know their names. So it's like, yeah, well, it hasn't been RZA, yeah, it's been Prince Paul, but um, okay. So he did those De La Soul records, like starting in the late '80s. Uh, De La Soul is dead. Three Feet High and Rising is amazing. If uh, I mean, if you're interested in older hip hop, yeah, uh, I mean that stuff to me was so, I mean, so heavy. Like growing up, it was just like, and I'm from Colorado, so. You know, it's kind of in the middle of the country. You're not in LA. You're not in Atlanta. You're not in New York. So, yeah, and you know, it was before the internet back then. I mean, not to talk about um, back in the days too much. So, like, those records were so heavy to us because it was like almost all you had. You know what I mean? Like, all you had to be in contact with what was cool and what was like going forward. But um, mm-hmm. I've also got to style. Ricky Powell, he was a photographer, hip hop photographer for like Def Jam. I mean, I don't think officially for Def Jam, but he shot like Run DMC and Beastie Boys and stuff in the 80s and 90s. That's crazy. Uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been really, really cool. Um, um, so, anyway, but back to your question. So, yeah, it would be a day where I get, you know, go into work, get some writing done, um, get to step outside, um, work on a cool shoot, styling. Mm-hmm. and um you know and then maybe uh when i'm done at work for the day come home um either you know hustle up a freelance writing story uh, i'm lucky enough to write for you know websites like high Snobiety and i've done stuff for helping and post and stuff like that so maybe hustle up a freelance writing story pitch you know yeah. that gets accepted by an editor uh, or, um, you know, maybe come home and I also do freelance trend forecasting on the side, uh, working with a variety of companies. So maybe, you know, come home, do that for a couple hours. Um, but then as you said, you know, also make sure I don't go too hard, you know, <laughs> maybe stop by. <laughs> it's always that balance, right? Exactly. It really is. You know, maybe nine thirty, ten, 10, take a shower, chill, <laughs> you know, eat a healthy dinner and then like watch, you know, yeah. Watch some Agatsuko or some sort of like less heavy. TV. But yeah, so it's for me, one of those really successful days is when I'm sort of able to incorporate um, aspects of all of those things I'm doing. The mm. work I'm doing at my current full time job. So writing a little styling for them. And then, yeah, maybe a freelance article on the side or something like that. It's funny because so, I love the exactly. I love the response because it sounds like there's not too much of a difference in terms of you know actual tasks being you know going throughout the day. And I've been struggling with this recently. Uh, mm-hmm talking to a friend of mine he runs a startup and i was just like yeah man like i've got the consistency part down we're we're moving people are enjoying the show people are growing mm-hmm. like, we got all mm-hmm. that good stuff and i was like but it feels like i'm not growing it feels like it's not you know sure um but the point is like, he gave me this pretty good quote he was like yeah when nothing do when nothing's happening that means you're doing the right things interesting uh, interesting and you know obviously any one one hit or quit a quote i'm just like you know mm-hmm, you gotta mm-hmm. take it with a grain of salt but it was what i needed at the time and i wanted to hear you know what yeah i mean I, I think that that's you know I'm, you're right to be wary of just like one size fits all quotes but i think that that's pretty accurate and you know um being mostly a writer or what have you and um being here with some you know some of my other closest friends are are um do other creative stuff here in New York. Uh, yeah. You know, my be- my best friend is is a pretty successful actor, and we've talked about this a lot, especially as we were um, younger and first getting into those things. You know, first being fortunate enough to finally get some opportunities and what we wanted to do, and um, 
Yeah, you know that can I, I I think that consistency is is more important and in some ways more difficult. Not more difficult than sort of having the home run creative idea or the home run creative um, you know session because 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 that's important too. But you can't really force that. You know, right? Um, that's going to come to you and that's going to happen when it happens. But you know, it's, you're only going to have the chance to really knock that out of the park when that comes up, if you're putting in the consistency and I, you know, the consistency, you know, I, 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 I think that that that's hard. And, you know, I've seen, um, over the years, some very smart, very creative friends or associates of mine who just, they don't, they just don't have that, or they just don't value that consistency. And like, you're going to, you're, you know, if you can't put it in pretty much every day, you're going to fall off and get passed by sometimes even by less talented people who are just able to grind it out more yeah. and more and more, you know what I mean? That's another thing. It's like amazing ideas, um, are important, but you know, it's uh, almost more important to, um, take those ideas to completion. And sometimes you're going to see a situation where someone has an amazing idea or, or more talent. Um, but they're just not going to finish it. And so what's more valuable, someone who has a pretty good idea, who grinds it out and finishes it Mm -hmm. and, you know, completes it to the best of their ability or someone who has a superstar idea and never does anything. It's like, well, the finished idea is always, (laughs) is always going to win out. You know what I mean? So it's that consistency and it's hard. It's hard for people. You have to just, you know, put it in. And then, as I said, talking to other creative friends, another thing we sort of, I think discovered together as we were coming up that like one of the things about being a professional, you know, as a writer or an actor, but of course it applies to music or, or almost anything, or, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be creative, but, um, one of the things about being a professional is like being able to show up when you're not feeling your best, when you're, you know, maybe you didn't sleep well, or it doesn't even have to be anything big, but you know, you're, you're not, you're feeling your best, you're 60%, you're 75%, but what you're able to do still is produce at a high level. It might not be your highest level, but you're still producing at a professional level day in, day out, mm-hmm. even if you're not feeling your best. And I also think that it's important uh, on that note. Um, you know, another thing I see a lot of, um, and I've struggled with myself, creative people is, you know, and creative and ambitious people is uh, you, they always want to do their best. You want to do yeah. your best. And so, but you have to be, wary of perfectionism because that can stop you if you're saying well this isn't my best idea or i'm not feeling my best you know maybe i better just chill today yeah. and wait till i'm feeling it it's like no there's two you things that have, come to mind man like you have to do your best and grind it out no matter how you're feeling and that's how you like keep it up yeah what, what comes to mind please no I, I i'm a huge reader that's why you know the first question was what it was and yeah that's a great question same i, I was think- like i was like that <laughs> The first, so the book I'm reading right now is by Brene Brown. It's the second book I've read from her. It's called uh, Daring Greatly. Are you familiar with Brene Brown at all? No, no, no. Please tell me. Uh, so she's a psychologist, and she huh? was kind of, <laughs> ironically, kind of one of those subculture psychologists where she had her little her group of people that really really followed her until she got a TED talk. You know, I think I'm gonna write, th- I'm gonna write this down. Brene Brown is the name. Yeah, B R E N E Brown. Um, cool. So she's got a she's got 
three or four books out, and the one I'm reading right now is called Daring Greatly, and uh-huh. she has a TED Talk on the same type of subject, and basically it went, sure. vir- went viral, and now everybody is, you know, kind of, I don't want to say everybody, but, you know, she's blowing up significantly <laughs> since the last time yeah, I checked in with her. Of course. Um, but literally this part of the book I'm on right now is talking about perfectionism and uh-huh. like 15 different quotes from psychologists and studies and all that good stuff about how it cr- kills creativity. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there you go. Um, so that and then the second thing I think about, I don't know if you've ever seen this. It's like a YouTube interview with uh, Rob Deerdeck. And <laughs> out of all people, I I associate Rob with like Robin Big Show and and skateboarding yeah. and all this good stuff. But he he's turned he's got this perspective that now I understand with a different lens and now that I've Mm -hmm. gotten older and I'm like man like this dude had such mental strength and like mental uh, focus over the years and he was like all right every time I wake up in the morning I do in a self-assessment I'm like all right on a scale of one to ten how much energy do I have and I think of myself Mm -hmm. like a phone charger right he was like yeah so if I'm anything below 50 percent in my phone charge personally I got to do something to get above 50 percent I don't, huh. I don't need to be at a 10, but he has kind of that low right, barrier. Right, right. Um, so that just reminded oh, me so of that. And I was like, damn, this is, this is perfect. I love, I mean, I love deer deck. Um, <laughs> he's, you know, growing up skating and stuff. Like he got a, a, more than a little bit of hate, you know, from hardcore skaters when he was doing Robin big and yeah. fantasy factory and street league, even which he's still really doing. But, um, yeah, a, I think a lot of, skaters who are hating on him have come back around sort of seeing how dedicated he is to street league and what he's doing with it and Mm -hmm. like you know are able to say well maybe this isn't my favorite kind of skating but like look he's really doing it the other thing is at least for me personally is i remember i mean deer deck's a little older than i am maybe i don't know exactly probably no more than five years older but um i mean i remember him from way back in the day it's from the first alien workshop video when he when he was known as little rob deerdeck and um <laughs> he was like their first am alien workshop was from ohio he was from ohio so i mean i think a lot of people maybe don't realize who just know him from robin big or whatever it like don't realize how og of a skater he really is and like how down for skating he's been through thick and thin so I, I, that's really really interesting i mean i think that's a a, a good way to think about it like i'll definitely remember the, the phone charger yeah well, it helped that's, me that's, man that's, yeah deer deck man I so wanted, what do you do sorry go ahead I, well i wanted to transition um in just a second to your work to the book and mm-hmm. while we're on the topic of skating i think i thought it was a perfect segue because i want to talk about the cycle of subculture it's like sure. the term in my mind i'm like what happens and how do you form an opinion as soon as something you love that was a subculture becomes pop culture. And then if it cycles back to subculture, do you wait around or do you ride the wave? And it sounds like, you know, skating is literally a perfect example. You know, yeah. How, what's your it, opinion on that? It really is. I mean, like, I, I think in my opinion has changed. You know, I feel like, um, when I was younger or, or maybe when people are younger in general, you know, when you're a teenager um, and you're really sort of like trying to figure out your own identity and yeah. figure out what you want to do, um, you know, being in a subculture or, 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 or something like that can almost feel like 
life and death. You know, it feels so, so important. And so you start seeing that subculture, you know, blown out on MTV or something, you know, it can feel like a real blow almost to your own personal ego. But I mean, um, growing older, as I've said, like one thing you learn is like, it's always going to cycle in and out. And so if you're really, really down with the subculture, um, you know, it's going to come back to where it was once before. So I think it's better to just ride it out. I mean, the other thing is like, I think that you can try and see, um, you know, at least try and see if there are positive aspects to it blowing up too, you know, like, well, what does this mean for this? Or like, Mm -hmm. what does this mean? You know, like skateboarding in the Olympics is getting so much hate from skaters, um, which I kind of understand, but at the same time, it's like, well, look, dude, like, you know, what do you really care about here? Like if this is getting kids from Brazil, you know, who would never maybe have a chance to blow up on the international stage and like make that money and stuff like that. It's giving them a chance. There's going to be women skateboarding in the Olympics. It's giving women skaters who have like traditionally been ignored or actively hated, you know, this chance to sort of blow up and make money and stuff. And so it's like, for me, I'm like, yeah, maybe it's not my favorite thing. And maybe I don't think like skateboarding can necessarily be judged totally accurately. But at the same time, it's like, I think you got to look at the positive and be like, yeah, this is going to help those young women who want to be skaters and inspire other young women or those kids from Brazil or, you know what I mean? So like, I think yeah. you got to the positives and, 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 you know, if you're into it, just like stay true to yourself. I know that sounds a little corny, but it's like, I think it's also true. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like investing in, uh, like any investment, right? Like the stock market or whatever. I mean, it's another book I'm reading or whatever. It's uh, Tony Robbins' Unshakable. And basically sure. his point behind it is, you know, some of the biggest trading days are, um, there's like four or five trading days throughout each year or each downturn that basically mm-hmm. dictate some of the biggest wins in a decade. Oh, interesting. So if you basically put your money in, pull it out, put it in, put it out. Right. And right. Right. If you, exactly. missed, if you miss those five to six biggest trading days in history, because right, the market right, went right, down right. because you got scared or, you know, whatever, then really are you in it for the long haul? And I think that's a pretty right, right. same thing you're saying. And that's a perfect example. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I think is too, you know, like with subcultures coming in and out or whatever, like, you know, something gets popular or something goes in a direction that you don't like for your subculture or whatever. Like a lot of people will, you know, just complain about it or be like, Oh, that's whack now. But it's like, well, to me, one of the points of subcultures, and I I hope this comes through in the book because, you know, is like subcultures are, 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 are partly there for people to create their own meaning, you know, maybe outside of like the dominant, power structure at the time or something like that you create your own meaning so i've always said like you know instead of just standing on the sidelines and being like well this is whack now like you know i don't know do something make a zine make a zine about how you think it should be or like what you think is important or make you know a mixtape or make a seven inch punk record or whatever you know like respond to it you know take take those creative and inspirational elements that are important to you and like put your own spin on it you know what i mean and again don't let the perfectionism get in your way, you know, just sort of like, it's another thing I like about skating or some of the other underground subcultures, punk and things like that is like, you know, it sort of teaches you to like, not to, not to, not just to be yourself. That's too mm-hmm. simple, but like to do the best 
you can do with what you have and sort of allow yourself to do that and sort of allow what would be maybe seen as limitations by say more talented people or something like that. You know, you see that as like an opportunity um, to do it your own unique way, you know? So like, don't let what you think might be holding you back, stop you, you know, let that be something that um, adds character and uniqueness to like your own creativity. I love it, dude. And I'm interested to know more about that point when you were writing the book, when you're like 50% in, 50% not done. Because yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure any any artist period has always experienced this. And you have to remind yourself of why and why the hell am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. What is, you know, what was the win? You know, if you had to write on your wall in the middle of that writing process when you're like, all right here's the why and here's what a win looks like when this is done um, in terms of the voice, the message that you were trying to convey and that person's problem you were trying to solve or something you needed in the world. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, the why has a lot to do with sort of what I just, just said. I mean, I think that the why was, well, there was a couple aspects to the why one. I just wanted to sort of, show appreciation for all of this stuff that had been so important to me and influenced me. And like, yeah. you know, looking at the book, it goes back to the 1920s. So, you know, we have Lindy hoppers and all of these subcultures that obviously like I never interacted with personally, but I mean, going back, you know, that far back sort of tracking how that has inspired later things. So I just, I, you know, I really wanted to sort of like honor those things that had inspired me. I wanted to show, that there's a way uh, to create sort of meaning and and you know entertainment and 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 but not just entertainment and fun meaning is really what it is right you know sort of outside of the dominant meaning structures power structures so um so that on, sort of honor that honor what's inspired me um but also you know i wanted to like um wanted to make those older subcultures at least seem, if not fun and vital, you know, at least seem, um, as exciting as possible. Mm. Um, you know, so it was, it was really honoring that and then really like bringing that, um, to the world stuff that might be forgotten. And then in terms of a win, <laughs> when you're halfway through the book, I mean, um, we, I had to, we, I had, I had a really tight deadline for the book. So I basically turned it around. I turned around 90% of that writing in like three or four months. So oh, it was, it was just like, yeah, it was just like constant. It was just like constant. So, I mean, in, in terms of a win, when I was in the middle of the book, 50% down, 50% to go, I don't know if I even had like sort of the energy to, to look up and, and sort of take a win <laughs> or you know see a win that was anything bigger than just like getting getting it done the amount i had to get done that day and with such a tight deadline it was literally like you know write and research mm -hmm. you know you know you've seen the book so it's all separated into a two-page spread for each subculture so it was really like i think i had to get like at least three or four done every day Damn. um which was kind of crazy amount of writing and research so that was a win to me just like just get done what you need to get done um and of course you know also don't let 
perfectionism or like trying to do too good of a job or, you know, um, you've, you've seen the book. So yeah, it's, um, the, the main meat, you know, we have all sorts of little fun facts and details around the book. And of course, for those who haven't seen the book, it's illustrated by my friend, Greg Foley, who's an amazing art director and illustrator. So, I mean, we were able to convey so much information visually, luckily, but sort of like the meat of the writing on each spread is basically like 300 words. And so, I mean, I didn't have the challenge of having to weave everything together into one long historical narrative that interlocked. I mean, everything was a discrete um, little section onto itself, but at the same time, it was like for some of the bigger subcultures, um, say hippies or something, for example, it was really, really hard to fit basically what I thought was a thorough history, Mm -hmm. you know, that each subculture deserved into 300 words. (laughs) You know, so part of that there was like, get the history done, even if it's 700 words, Mm. it's like, you know, you can go back and edit that and clean that up. So that's what a win was to me, just like basically meet that quota and keep going, (laughs) you know, no matter how daunting it seemed or how tired you were or whatever. So yeah, just like, just like get that amount done every day. That's, that was a win to me, you know, and some days you would have better days. Some days it was like, you know, some days we'd I would have those more triumphant days, like what you were talking about at the yeah. beginning, like seven or eight done, you know, and it would just happen and they'd be really good and mm-hmm. sort of be flowing. It's like, all right, well, that's a huge triumph. But, you know, a regular win was just as important, if, if not, you know, more important. Just get that done every day. So for that person that, you know, to talk back to the audience here, that person who might be like 19, 20 years old, mm-hmm. it feels like they have a book in them, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Yeah, and they're searching for that publishing deal, or even just to self-publish. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to take this from a different angle. What do you think is you know top three time wasters? Like, I think the tendency for you know at least a younger audience is to do a whole lot because you got a lot of energy. At least that's how I work. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do something. <laughs> um, right, 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 right. So, what do you think was is a huge waste of time? Top three time wasters. I mean, honestly, and I'm not anti-social media, but social media, you can waste so much time. So Instagram, number one, um, you know, it's got a, a it's got an important purpose. I think we first linked on Instagram, no? Yeah. Right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's a great connector. It's a great place to display your work and meet other creators. But, like, just, you know, make sure you're not spending all your time on there. Um, I think another time waster is, um, um, this sort of goes hand in hand with perfectionism, but like sort of looking for the perfect outlet or publisher or something like that. You know, I think when you have a project that you've put a lot of work into, that's really important to you, you can, um, um, I don't want to say overvalue it because of course it is really valuable. You know, it is your work, but like you can, you can, you can, you you can, you know, you can waste your time looking for the perfect opportunity or perfect publisher or perfect time or place to put it out. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just more important to get it done to the best of your ability and to put it out, you know, promptly um, to the best of your ability, you know, don't totally shortchange it, but don't, you know, if you don't have your dream publisher, you don't have your, what have you, or you're not 
you know, don't, don't let that hold you back. You can, you know, if you're really dedicated to it, you can always do another book or you can always do this and that. I mean, really. Then the other thing I think is, um, um, I guess this isn't a time waster so much, but like, I think the other third thing to remember is actually, it's almost the opposite of wasting time. (laughs) On the other hand, it's like, if you have a good idea for a book or a project, um, but say you haven't found, um, you know, enough time to get it done, or you're not exactly sure how, you want to wrap it up or this and that is, um, you know, don't let go of it. Mm. You, if you have a good idea, don't give up on it. You can have that idea for years and years and years. And so on one hand, it's like, don't hold yourself back. If you have something completed and really good waiting for the perfect moment. But at the other, on the other hand, if you haven't found the time or a good moment or what have you, to get something done or get it out there. It's like, don't give up on it. You can hold those ideas for years and years and years, you know, and it may um, get better over time. And it's like, you can always strike. So, I mean, I guess the message there is like, don't give up, but sort of not, not just don't give up. Just like know that you have, even though things move so fast and you're young and you're so energetic, like you said, you want to bust it out. Yeah. Know that you have more and more time and that certainly something like a book or, or you know, even, a, you know, a song or something, you know, there's longevity there. Once, once, once you do put something like that out, it never really goes away. So you don't, don't rush yourself either, you know, find that balance. Um, do you think it's another, better to publish or get a, or self publish to get a publish or to self publish? I mean, I, you know, that's such an interesting question. Now, I think that, um, I think that if you can find a publisher, it's going to give you that much more authority to your work. But at the same time, don't wait too, too long uh, for that perfect publisher. Get it out there. Self-publish if, if that's what's up. You know what I mean? Um, who so are the people I, to reach out to and who aren't the people to reach out to? So if I'm sending 20 emails a week, to random publishers trying to pitch my book and I don't, I'm not working on a book right now. So I'm more (laughs) asking questions for other people. Uh, Who are those people like, don't even waste your time emailing them, email this person. I honestly don't have a great answer for that. I mean, I've only done this one book and (laughs) all all my other work has been online media and um, actually got the connections for this book through my uh, partner, the illustrator, Greg, Mm. who've done a number of children's books. So I don't have I don't have a good answer for that. I mean, my answer would be to just like keep emailing and contacting everyone you can. And the other tip here is like, don't just email, you know, call people when you can. Um, putting in a call is sort of so much more potent, especially in this day and age. You know, it's really, really easy to sit back. And I do this too. Like, don't, you know, not like I'm perfect, but like sit yeah. back and sort of say, well, I sent the email. They're not emailing me back. You know, now I'm going to go do whatever. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it can be really, really valuable to sort of like screw up your courage and, and call people. Um, I think you get more done that way. Um, you I certainly make more of an impact. So, yeah, don't just email and sit around on your phone, you know, hoping people will get back to you. Like really, really reach out. Absolutely. I got I got a couple more questions. I mean, we're, Please. we're about 15, 20 minutes away. Uh, cool. Yeah, I got to go to work in about 15 minutes. So. All right. Cool, cool, cool. We'll wrap it up. Um, 
I want to talk about breadth versus depth. Mm-hmm. And my my concern with at least people around my age or even younger is that you either have a ton of breadth or and no depth, or you have depth and you can't even look up and see, you know, hey, you don't even know what's going on in the world. You know, mm-hmm. like basic mm-hmm. information. How do you how do you mm-hmm. balance that in terms of finding your voice and studying? <laughs> wow, that's a really hard question. Um how do you balance it? Um I mean, I, beyond saying that you just have to be aware of both, you know, I'm not sure. I get, I guess, like, I guess, I guess the important part is to be, you know, aware. And um, one way you can become aware, and that's really, really important for anything creative, I think, is you know, having other people look at your work. Yeah. You know, if you're not, if you're way in there in the depth, and you're not coming up and seeing the rest of the world, as you said, you know, it it's going to be hard for you to notice that maybe. Um, but if you show it to someone, um, you know, a mentor, a friend you trust, you know, another creative partner, they're the ones who are going to be able to say like, Hey, look, you know, you're, you're so deep here. You have all the information on this. It's really, really amazing, but you're missing this breath. Um, so, you know, I, you know, it's, it's your collaborators and it's, it's your friends and it's your mentors who are going to be able to tell you that. And like, also, you know, be open to hearing that, you know, anybody who's creative, um, you're going to need outside criticism. It's really, really easy to get sort of attached or super tied to your own ideas and what you think is best. Um, but you need to hear outside criticism from people and, um, don't dismiss that. You know, most people aren't, (laughs) most people, you know, you're going to trust with that stuff are going to give you as good of advice as they can. But, you know, um, Try not to get your feelings hurt. You know, if there's a criticism, it's there to help you, not to Absolutely. sort of not to diss you. It can be hard if you do get your feelings hurt. It's okay, but you know, take a breath, don't freak out. Uh, maybe give it a day and come back to that. And like, I, you know, it's really important to find the find the value there. So I would say, yeah, having outside advice is is, is what's going to keep you know keep you from going either too deep or too broad. You know, that's mm-hmm. what's going to keep you um, balanced. You know. So take, you know, take that to heart and, and do your best with it. Dude, I, I love it. And the last question I have, and I think it's, you're already speaking through that lens is, and what would you say to the 17 year old version of yourself? And I ask this to everyone who comes on the show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what advice, what would you say? Well, you know, I, when I was 17, I, I, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> and, but that worried me. You know, I was like, got to figure this out. Yeah. Um, I would say to my 17-year-old self that you do have more time maybe than it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you're aware that you do have more time than it seems, don't take that and use that as an excuse to not keep sort of trying to figure out what you want to do. You have the time, but you do have to at least keep that in the back of your mind, you know, um, and keep driving towards it. Or, or, you know, eventually that time will slip away. So, you know, it's like a balance. Don't be too hard on yourself. Mm. Don't think you have to have everything figured out. But even as you're doing whatever else, um, you know, maybe working some job you don't really like, stay afloat, always keep that in the back of your mind. And like, don't, you know, don't shortchange your own ideas and your own, um, 
creativity and your own inspiration just because you don't have it all figured out. It's like you can always keep that in the back of your mind. And like I said, you know, with a book or something, um, and don't give up on that. You can have those ideas for years and years and years. You don't necessarily have to get that all done by the time you're 20 years old. You know, I think I think there is sort of a sense, especially right now um, <clears throat> with social media and things like that, you know, that um, everybody has to get this done when they're young and youth is so valued and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, my peers are popping off. Like my peers are doing it. You know, my peers are whatever. But that doesn't, you know, your your peers aren't you. You know what I mean? It's like nobody's life unfolds at the same pace. And and so comparing yourself to others um, can really be devastating to your creativity because just because someone's done something by age 21 doesn't mean you have to do it by age 21. You can do it at age 31. You know what mm. I mean? Nobody's life unfolds at the same pace and sort of those, you know, there's a real tendency to be like, all right, X and X, you know, maybe my hero did whatever, did put out their first record by the time they were 22. You know, if I don't put out my first record by the time I'm 22, like it's over. Absolutely. But that's not the case at all. It's like those comparisons um, don't really matter. You know, it's your own, it's your own life. Um, It's not their lives. So, you know, don't, but those comparisons and those comparisons, especially that sort of tendency to be like, I have to do this by this mm-hmm. uh, because this person did this by this age. That doesn't, that doesn't matter. You know, it's like you, you set your own goals and deadlines, try and stick to them, you know, get your work done. But just because someone else's life unfolded this way, doesn't mean yours has to, you know what I mean? People do stuff at their own pace. Just, just keep going with it. Just keep going. I love it, man. I love it. How, how can people check out, the work that you have upcoming i know there's the book how else you know can they interact sure yeah i mean uh the book first of all is called cool style sound and subversion uh from rizzoli came out uh, about a year and a half ago now uh andrew d lukey is my name that's l-u-e-c-k-e and my partner is greg foley so you can check it out there um there's also at cool the book on instagram um, and then everything else I do, um, I put out either on my own Instagram, which is just my name at Andrew D. Lukey, or also on Twitter, which is the same exact handle, my full name. Um, so yeah, keep pace, uh, with us in those places. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. That's all we got for this week. We're back next week. We've got plenty, plenty more on the way. Your favorite stylists, your favorite authors, your favorite designers, your favorite musicians. We're talking to them all to uncover not just the tactics, the day-to-day, the story of how they overcame, or their story, period, because I feel like you can read that anywhere. We're getting into some very detailed questions about the monotonous days. I want everyone to understand that some of the boring stuff does matter. So you can follow us, keep up with the movement. We've got plenty more content. Not just through the podcast, but also through our Instagram at edu.guess. Again, that's at edu.guess. Newsletter on the way. Other platforms too. Website coming. Stay tuned.